You're listening to ClearTrack HR Podcast, a show about employee benefits, employment law, and other topics for HR professionals. Don't forget to subscribe if you like what you hear. Now here's our host, Zach Finney. Thank you for listening to the ClearTrack HR Podcast. I'm your host, Zach Finney, and I am very pleased to welcome our guest today. He's a senior health and benefits consultant with Mercer in Tennessee. Before joining Mercer, he managed a book of business as a medical underwriter, which he developed strategic recommendations related to market competition, product development, and market pricing negotiations. He's also a county chair member of Middle Tennessee Society for Human Resource Management and a member of the Middle Tennessee Employee Benefits Council. With all that extracurricular activities, he still made some time for us today. Big welcome to today's guest, Ryan McCuller. Ryan, how are you doing? Hey, Zach, I'm doing great. I, I appreciate the introduction. It's uh, it's great to be on. I'm, I'm excited to be a part of this, like like we've talked about my very first podcast. So this should be fun. Well, man, we're excited to have you. And if, if it's all right with you, I'd like to kind of the, the topic of, of this podcast, I'd love to be kind of implementing an HSA eligible high deductible plan as part of a benefit package. But before we get into that subject, can you tell the listeners just a little bit more about yourself? Sure. Yeah. So, you know, got most of that introduction down, but yeah, Ryan McCuller, uh, I'm here in Nashville, Tennessee, working with Mercer. Uh, I was born and raised in Memphis, and then I went to school in Knoxville, the University of Tennessee. So um, spent my whole life in the great volunteer state. Um, came to Nashville about eight years ago. I've got one brother here with three nephews. I've got another brother in Memphis with one nephew. So proud uncle to four nephews, um, enjoying life here and and just living the benefits world here in November 10th of 2020. So, you know, nothing could be more calm and simple during these times, but <laughs> it's it's been a it's been a fun route and fun journey to to get here today. And and so is it safe to say that you're a Tennessee volunteer football fan? I am a proud Tennessee volunteer football fan. Uh, fortunately, I went to school there when we were a respectable SEC team. But, you know, as of recent, you know, as of today, we, we just lost to Arkansas. And, um, you know, the future has been uncertain for quite some time. So hopefully we can turn that around. <laughs> well, I'm a, a gigantic Alabama fan, but oh, no, we, can, we, can put, we can put our differences aside. You know, Zach, I, th- I think um, something just came up. and. Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, the scheduling, the scheduling conflict just happened. Well, yeah, awesome, man. Right? That's fun for you. I, 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 uh, I, I know, you know. Hopefully, we'll cycle back to the to the good side of things. But you know, we're, we've been on the wrong side for a while. But it you know. it is a interesting thing because I mean, I've been a Bama fan my whole life, and I can remember what it's like watching games and not knowing if you're going to win, and and that <laughs> excitement, and um. I miss it, but I don't want it back. I'm, I'm happy with the. I, hope, I think we're going to win every game until we play Clemson. Such a humble brag, there, Zach. <laughs> Thank you. I, I try my best. <laughs> well, let's let's dig into it, man. So first things first. What is a high deductible plan? Yeah, that's um, you know, it, it's it's not as as tricky as it's made out to be. Um, it's more or less just it's a medical plan. And you need a minimum deductible of $1,400 for an individual or $2,800 for your family um, and no co-pays associated with it. So 
those are the minimum deductible amounts to be considered a high deductible plan and we'll get into the HSA implications of those deductibles down the road but most employers are choosing larger deductibles so uh, Mercer is host of the National Survey of Employer-Sponsored Health Plans it's the largest survey of its kind um, in 2019 the median deductible for a high deductible health plan was $2,000 for an individual $4,000 for a family so like I said you just have to have a minimum deductible of $1,400 for for individual coverage, $2,800 for family, and you've got yourself a high deductible plan. And then let's dig in that a little bit deeper. What are some of the pros and cons of a high deductible plan? Yeah, and, and there's there's more pros, I think, than cons, but let's, let's start with the good. So most employers would offer a high deductible plan because it gives employees a low cost plan option. High deductible plans are, are based on the concept of what what's referred to as consumerism and consumerism applies to anything in everyday life you know you're always looking for the best bang for your buck and when it comes to medical plans consumerism in a high deductible plan drives members to make better decisions about their health care now why would they do that unlike a regular plan with copays a high deductible plan forces you to pay the full cost of your coverage until you meet your deductible so after you've met that deductible, the coinsurance kicks in until you reach the out-of-pocket maximum. But at the end of the day, you've got to think about where you're going for care. You may want to skip the emergency room if it's not an emergency situation. You may want to try to go to your primary care physician instead of going to the urgent care center. And you'll make those decisions in a high deductible health plan because you are the one paying for the cost of coverage. Um, that's, you know, the pro there is geared towards the employer because that reduces the overall plan cost. But to the employee, the cost of the high deductible plan is usually significantly less than a PPO traditional copay plan. And again, the reason is, you know, the employee is on the hook for most of the cost of the plan. Um, they've got to pay for the services up front. And then the cost of that plan out of their paycheck as a result is much lower. So you get to put more money in your employees' pockets, um, and then the savings that you generate versus the plan that you otherwise would have enrolled in, that's yours to keep. Um, again, we'll get into the HSA part later, but if you take those savings and put them into an HSA account, you've really built yourself um, financial security and healthcare security going down the road. So, Zach, you asked about cons too. Uh, these plans do require a little bit of employee education. You know, when you put in an HDHP plan, you want to make sure your employees understand how the plan works. 99.99% of the time when we put in a high deductible plan, on January 1st, an employee is going to show up in the HR office with their EOB in hand and they're going to say, I went to my primary care doctor that used to cost me $25 and now it cost me $100. What in the heck is this plan? Well, a good HR team member at that point would grab their calculator and say, look, that might have cost you $100, but look at how much money you've saved in your paycheck or will save in your paycheck over the course of this year. You've paid that $75 and then you've saved tons and tons more over the course of the year. So, you know, the cons of a high deductible health plan are just the employee experience, which can easily be uh, taken care of by employer communications. Yeah, we find that... Uh communication is the 
number one key to success in almost any service that you offer, uh, so especially when we're talking about in the benefits industry. I mean, it, it makes such a huge difference. But when we're thinking about communication and, and employers, is there a rule of thumb for the types of employers who might need to maybe adopt a high deductible plan? Sure. And, and if I answer that question just naturally, I would say any employer can offer a high deductible plan. And most do. Um, statistically speaking, 67% of large employers from our survey data offer a HSA eligible high deductible plan. But like I said, any employer that's looking to drive down claims trend, but also offer a low cost tax advantage plan should adopt a high deductible health plan. Um, in 2020, Average plan trend of 5.3% dropped to 3.6% after employers made plan changes. So I'm talking about renewals here. Um, the cost of plans going up 5% in 2020, employers had to make plan changes to drop that down to 3.6% on average over our entire survey. In 2021, employers aren't making as many changes. Uh, with all of the uncertainty of the pandemic this year and, and the election and everything that's gone on, you don't want your employees uncomfortable. Uh, you don't want to change much on them. And so those numbers went from 5.7% before plan changes down to only 4.4%. So the changes that employers are making to their plans are lowering or, or becoming less significant, which means the cost, the underlying cost of your plan, the underlying cost of your claims, which drives those renewal prices are more important uh, than, you know, obviously what your trend would have been in the first place. So who should offer a high deductible plan? Any employer who wants to control the claims, the claims costs of their employees. And then you mentioned before HSAs, uh, before we dig in that, can you kind of share with our listeners just basically what is an HSA? Yeah, no, that's, that's a great question. So an HSA, you know, you, you would naturally offer an HSA alongside a high deductible health plan. And an HSA or a health savings account, it's simply a bank account that allows you to use pre-tax dollars to pay for you and your dependents out-of-pocket healthcare expenses. I mean, healthcare expenses refers to medical, pharmacy, dental, and vision expenses. Um, the amounts that you put into your HSA account grow tax-free. The money is always yours to keep, even if you leave the company. Um, and you can put in the money to your HSA account before tax, straight out of your paycheck, which allows you to pay for those expenses down the road. Uh, HSA plans annually, you can put $3,600 into them for 2021 as an employee, $7,200 into an HSA over the course of the year if you're enrolled in family coverage, and add $1,000 to those limits if you're age 55 or older. Additionally, just like an IRA, once you hit age 65, you can take that money out of your HSA and pay the regular income taxes on it, um, or you can just keep it in there and it's it's a healthcare savings account. You can still use it tax-free for healthcare purposes. And, you know, Ryan, with the HSA, if, if you have the ability to participate in one and not, I mean, it's just, it's taking money right out of your pocket. I'm a diabetic and just the cost of insulin alone, the, the help and savings I get from HSA is invaluable. Um, 
so I'm, it's hard to even, I can't think of what the con would be, but is, what are the pros and cons for an HSA? Yeah, no, I mean, that's a, that's a, that's a real world example there, Zach. It'd be, when you have predictable expenses and you can put that money away tax-free uh, throughout the course of the year and use it, you know, there's no, there is absolutely no better way to pay for healthcare costs than out of an HSA. You know, that we're, we're not getting into it today, um, but the, the FSA account does similar things but that's not your money. Uh, you, you never get to keep that money. Uh, so the HSA, uh, the, the pro there is that the money is always yours to keep and you get to use it the same way. Uh, cons, you know, the, you're right. There's really, there's really not any um, other than the limitations of how to be involved in an HSA. And otherwise, there's only a few things that you can't do in order to have an HSA. I mentioned one of those. You can't have an FSA a flexible spending account and a health savings account. Uh, you you can't be covered by Medicare, and you have to be covered by an eligible high deductible health plan. So I, I don't really know what a con would be um, in terms of the HSA account itself. The only con that I could really think of goes back to the whole idea of, of um, the employee perception of the underlying high deductible health plan. And then the question that I seem to always get wrong, is the HSA the same as an HRA? If, and if not, what, what are the differences there? Yeah, those, those two um, do get confused, especially given the, the, the former popularity of HRAs versus the new popularity of HSAs. I mean, these, these accounts have been around for a long time, um, but there's some key differences. So an HRA or a health reimbursement account is not portable. You can't take it with you. Uh, the money in an HRA is employer funded. So in other words, the employer gives the employee, let's say $1,000 to spend in their HRA account. They spend the money just like they would as if it were an HSA account. But at the end of the year, or if they leave the company, that money is not theirs. Uh, it never really was. It's only there for them to spend on health eligible healthcare expenses. So difference in who owns the money is the key difference. Um, HRAs, on the other hand, can't be used for anything other than healthcare expenses. So if you were to try to use that HRA card on something at Walgreens that didn't qualify as an, as an eligible expense, it just wouldn't work. Um, in an HSA setting, you can, you can use that card, but you'll, just, you'll get taxed on it if it turns out it's not eligible. So the, the key differences there, again, Zach, are portability um, and who owns the money. And then in, in your experience, what is the typical employee response to HSA plans? Yeah, uh, you know, it, it's it's overwhelmingly good for the most part. Uh, most employers are happy, or employees, excuse me, are happy to be offered an HSA account. Um, HSA is, is one of those things where when people are at the party on Saturday and talking about their, their health insurance plans like they naturally do, uh, HSA is the topic of, uh, that's the hot topic. That's, you know, I was at a party the other day and I, and I walked by a group of people and they were talking about HSAs. I just couldn't wait to dive into their conversation. But <laughs> all jokes aside, HSAs are, are a popular vehicle. Uh, most employees, like I said, they like to have choice and they just like to have something that makes them feel like the, the company is looking out for them. And an HSA does that. Um, you know, if we dive into that a little bit deeper, Zach, so if, if, we, if we look at some numbers, 
In 2019, the average contribution to an HGHP plan, and, and when I say contribution, I mean cost of the plan, was $88 a month out of the employee paycheck. If you compare that to $161 a month in a traditional PPO plan, which was the average cost of those plans, you get an annual savings of $876 for the employee. If they took that $876 and put it in their HSA account, think about how much of the deductible or how much of, like you, in your example, the diabetic expenses you've already covered. And then year over year, over year over year, those funds accumulate. $800 a year becomes $1,600 in two years. In a year that you don't have any healthcare expenses, the money stays with you. Uh, and then, like we said before, you know, you can invest that money down the road. And then when you turn 65, you can withdraw that money and just pay your regular income taxes. So the, the responses that we see to an HSA are usually good. It's just that first initial hurdle of communicating how the plan works. Right. And you discuss, you know, high deductible plans. We discuss HSAs. Would you mind sharing from your experience on the financial side of benefits? How does combining a high deductible plan to HSA help employers in the long run? Yeah, you know, um, this is kind of how I started this whole conversation. So it's good that you know it's kind of the driving home point where with all the uncertainty that we've got in the world with with the economic uncertainty the covid-19 pandemic you know not many employers are are taking cost saving measures when it comes to changing their plan designs in fact only 18% of employers are making changes to their plan designs for 2021 in order to cost shift the plan to them in other words they're they're worsening their plan designs so that the employees have to take on more of the burden. Uh, on the other side, in fact, 57% of employers that we surveyed are making no changes whatsoever to change their plans in 2021. That compares to 47% in 2019 and just 44% in 2018. So while the cost of healthcare continues to outpace inflation, incorporating a high deductible plan with an HSA for your employees is one one of many ways to drive down the claims trend while continuing to attract and retain top talent for your organization. That is a big number. So a 10% change between 2019 and 2020. Right, right. Wow. You know, you, you've got, you, you're, you're seeing a growing uh, paternalistic approach from employers in order to, you know, it, it's hard right now and, and people are scared. So the only thing employers can do is really try to convey the message that they're looking out for their people. And every year, you know, we've just grown so accustomed to, as long as you've been working, you've probably seen your plans change or you've probably seen the cost of your healthcare go up. And this year, you know, when, when things are really uncertain, it's nice to see that employers are going the other direction and trying not to make any changes to the plans, trying to keep things, at least something that they can control, keep things stable. Um, and again, that high deductible health plan is a way to do that because if you've already got it implemented or you're just now implementing it for the first time, you'll see uh, that the cost of your healthcare will tend to go down as employers start to understand and correctly utilize the accounts. Thanks so much for that information, Ryan, and we really appreciate you coming on the show with us today. It's 
it's a bit of a clear track podcast tradition that we dig into that your expertise but then we want to try to get to know you a little bit better and of course it's scientifically proven to get to know you better is to answer some rapid fire random questions are you game for that oh boy let's do it i'm, I'm a little nervous but... I, don't don't be nervous easy questions and then you can always <laughs> family feud it and just say pass if i answer anything you would are unsure of but let's we'll jump right into it let's do it so so listen we'll start off easier what is your favorite restaurant favorite restaurant is a little place right next to my building called jack brown's burgers and, and nice it's it's as it's about as dive bar as you can get it's a little bit of an artificial dive but they have got the best little flat patty burgers you've ever had you had me at dive bar man I'll be there. <laughs> so, so what is the best tv series of all time game of thrones without a doubt and are we happy with the ending of you know game of thrones? you know i i uh i couldn't have been happy with any ending because it meant it was over but i i'm i'm okay with it you know i i just i don't I'm pausing because I don't want to spoil anything for any listener that hasn't seen it. But at this right. point, you've plenty of time. Um, right. you know, I think you're as long as as long as Jon Snow is in the mix, I'm, I'm happy. Nice, nice. And then <laughs> let's say we get our, our Marty McFly on. Go back in time. If you can see any musician live, front row, who would it be? You know, I, I would I would love to say the first one that comes to mind because I was supposed to have gone. Would be the rolling stones now they're still touring so that's not a fair answer so I'll, I'll change the answer and i would love to have seen the beatles as as the band not just paul mccartney i actually did get to see paul mccartney but i would love to have seen a full beatles performance that would be phenomenal how was paul mccartney live unreal i mean just I'm jealous yeah, yeah i was i was way up in the nosebleeds but it was still it doesn't matter it doesn't matter <laughs> um so we'll just do some real quick which is better or what is better so i'll give you two choices you just tell me which one's the best okay all right jello or pudding jello 80s or 90s 80s david lee roth or sammy hagar sammy hagar good answer car or truck truck i drive one philip fulmer or jeremy purit oh, 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 oh. <laughs> Man, that's brutal. I gotta go forward. <laughs> won a national championship, but through it's my current. I know it's a tough one. I know. Oh. I, I lied when I said it would be easy. All right, beach or mountains? <laughs> Sorry, say that again. Beach or mountains? Mountains. I'm an avid snow skier. I think I would last about at this age about ten seconds on skis before I just <laughs> critically injure myself. That's what I'm thinking. Um, so preference remote work or in office work you know I, I never thought i would like remote work but i'm i'm doing great with it i think you know without without a choice but i like remote work i think it's good and i'm not trying to digress but i, I agree it's it's you know it, there's always a still or i try to find a silver lining in anything and the remote work has at least for our future plans it seems that no matter even when this is over that we're going to try to build remote work in everybody's schedule because it's nice it's nice to run yeah. some laundry during my break you know? 
It, it, it is. That is exactly it. You know, your day goes at your pace. You, if you're one of those people like me where, you know, you might work, work late anyway, it's nice to just, it's nice to turn it on and off throughout the entire course of the day as needed. Um, I, I almost feel more productive than I would in the office just because there's, there's very few distractions. Absolutely. And then who wins in a cage fight? Chuck Norris or a silverback gorilla? Chuck Norris. He would round, roundhouse kick him to the face, I think. Immediately. Yep, you're right. <laughs> uh, if you could have any superpower, what would it be? I, I, I've i had this conversation with friends, and the argument always comes down to the ability to fly or the ability to become invisible. And i, I got to go with the latter, become invisible. It'd be just, just the doors and the things that it would open up. You know, you, you, you could go to any concert you wanted to go to. You could be front row anywhere. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, absolutely. And who's waiting in the line anymore? I mean, right. Black Black Friday, I'm going to the front. As soon as I know. Then you like reappear. Exactly. No, absolutely. Couldn't agree <laughs> more, man. And the final question, the one that has been the most interesting to me with our previous guest, but what is the best movie of all time? The Sandlot. Good answer. Good answer. You are not killing me, Smalls. Ryan, you did great. <laughs> you said this is your first time ever being on a podcast. Uh, did not seem that way. I really appreciate you taking the time to join us. I hope that you'll come back in the future and we can discuss something else. It, it would be my pleasure. And I thank you for having me on. It, it was an enjoyable experience. Uh, like I said, wasn't sure what to expect and, and I appreciate your hosting and walking me through it, Zach. Awesome, Ryan. And thank you all out there for listening and supporting the show. You can find information on all things podcasts at cleartrackhr.com slash podcasts. Again, I'm your host, Zach Finney, and our guest, Ryan McCuller. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks, Ryan. Thank you. <laughs>